Hello and welcome back to Anointed Fire. My name is Tiffany Buckner and today we're going to do part two of how to know if he's the one. My apologies. I know I said I was going to do part one, um, excuse me, part two on yesterday. I didn't come back and do it, but I'm here now. So that's what's important. We are doing part two of how to know if he is the one. That's a really important question because I get it. Um, almost all the time whenever I'm doing a coaching call, that's one of the most co common coaching calls that I get. It's typically from women who want to know if the guy that they're interested in, that's flirting with them, or that they have a relationship with, is the one for them. And, you know, yesterday we talked about, I think the last point it was, you have the responsibility of testing the spirit. And to test the spirit, let me make sure I give some clarity on that, because a lot of times people are trying to figure out what does it mean to test the spirit. It simply means to compare it to the word of God, compare what the person is saying. You got to look at whether or not God would approve that relationship. So, and this is something that happens over time because people, when they meet you, they're not going to come and introduce their real selves to you. Even good people, a lot of times are going to show you the best qualities of themselves, but they will, you know, kind of hide those other qualities. Um, or those issues away from you because they want you to see um, the beautiful side of them. They don't necessarily want you to see um, the bad side of them. It's very similar to what we would do if we had, you know, if I was in a museum and I had a painting and the painting had a flaw on it. I'm not necessarily going to advertise the flaw. You know, I may advertise the flaw if I feel like if, if I'm a serious painter. Um, so I wouldn't advertise it off the bat. But if I was a serious painter and I really wanted um, the person, you know, people to really appreciate it. And the flaw may not be a real flaw, but it could be just something that bothers me. It could be like a little speck or something like that that bothers me. They may think it's a part of the painting, but it may be bothering me. Now, I wouldn't tell that to everybody that walked up. Let's say we're at a museum. We're having some type of gala. Um, I wouldn't say that to everybody that walked up. I wouldn't look and say, oh, by the way, look at this flaw. Now, if I had somebody who was a serious buyer, somebody who walked up and said, man, I love this. This is, oh my goodness, I adore this. This is perfect. This is everything to me. I may consider pointing out the flaw if it doesn't look like it's a part of the painting. I may consider um, pointing out the flaw, you know, just so that they won't get home and um, say, hey, this got a flaw in it. But that's the thing. Most time when we come in contact with people, we're not pointing out our flaws. We're pointing out our highlights. We're pointing out things that are good. Um, and so you want to make sure that you align it with the word of God. So like, for example, the silliest question that I get about him being the one or the serious, um, silliest inquiry is when I ask a female, for example, um, so where is the guy in Christ? Well, he's not really saved. And I'm like, well, there's your answer. You just paid $99 for a coaching call to get something you could have got out of the Bible. He's not saved. He's not the one for you. Well, I've had dreams. I, and I have to tell people all the time. Um, the enemy gives dreams all the time. As a matter of fact, you're going to have a, quite a bit of demonic dreams over the course of your life. And demonic dreams are not always you being chased by something. Sometimes a demonic dream could be a dream of you getting married. That can indicate that you have a spirit spouse. A demonic dream could be... A dream of you having a child. A dream of you swimming happily in some water. So it doesn't necessarily mean that every demonic dream has to be uh, what we perceive to be a nightmare. Sometimes uh, the nightmares or the demonic dreams that we have can be relatively pleasant. 
and the goal of those type of dreams is to deceive you and to get you to come into the uh, agreement with the enemy unknowingly. So you have to take the time out and test the spirit. You got to ask questions. And this is why you don't open up. You know, when you meet people, and it's hard to tell people that because most people do that nowadays because that's culture. They open up and they start telling the person everything there is to know about. As a matter of fact, uh, typically the first uh, conversation or the first thing people say to you when you get on the phone with them for the first time um, is, so tell me a little bit about yourself. And that's fine. You know, I, and I completely agree with that. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Nevertheless, a little bit about yourself. You shouldn't unload on the person. You shouldn't tell the person that you were molested. You shouldn't tell the person that, you know, um, this is what I fear. This is what I want. I want to be a wife and I want to have three kids. All of those things are conversations that um, should wait. Those are not conversations that you want to have with everybody. And not everybody that you entertain is going to be the one. And we got to stop thinking that we can make everybody the one. We got to stop thinking that, okay, well, at the end of the day, you know, I'm in a relationship and um, I'm talking to this guy. So he asked the question. So, girl, I got to answer him. Um, what have you. No, you have to be very mindful of what you give a person. The Bible says, guard your heart for out of it pours the issues of life. And that's because God understands something that most humans don't understand. And that is whoever has your heart or whoever you give uh, control of your heart to. Anyone who has the password to your heart has the ability to control you to a certain degree. Has the ability to control you to, and the enemy knows that as well. So the enemy is always trying to get you to open yourself up. Because the more you open up yourself to another person, the stronger the soul tie will be. Which means that the harder it is for you to walk away from that person. So the person can stop wearing their mask. Um, if they happen to be demonic and toxic, they can stop wearing their mask and just start being toxic and crazy around you. But you're so soul tied that you can't walk away from that relationship. So the question... Um, that you want to make sure that you ask the first question that you ask before you even exchange numbers with a person um, And I know this is not culturally Acceptable or cultural. This is not court. This is not normal. I'll say that um, Is where are you in Christ? That's the first question now You may say Tiffany. What if I know he's saved? What if he goes to my church? Uh, what if I know he's saved then if you feel like he's a decent person if you feel like he's good Give him your phone number give him your phone number and talk on the phone with him and when you get them, get them on the phone, some of the things that you want to ask are, for example, um, what's your relationship like with Christ? Uh, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? Uh, why did you ask for my phone number? What, what is your interest in me? Uh, talk to me about some of your relationships. You know, talk to me a little bit about your past. You know, you want to ask strategic questions. And if you don't know the proper questions to ask, I have a card game called Daddy's Girls, and I also have a card game called Daddy in a Box. Get those. Both of them are filled with questions that you would ask a guy um, on the first date, or not even a first date, because these are questions that you should ask before you go on a date. Nevertheless, some of them you can ask on a date. I think it's um, Daddy's Girls that has levels to it. So if you get the da Daddy's Girls game, it has, uh, I think, level one. No, I think it's something like, what is the word? I don't think it says level. It, it, it's something like that. It, either way, it's three of them. It's three levels to the game. Um, They're all in one box, and it has it on the card. Um, Let's just say level, because I don't remember the word I use. But level one, which are questions that you would ask, like, on the first time, you, you know, when you're talking to somebody. Um, Level two 
is like the second date or you know as you guys begin to get more comfortable that's if he passes level one i have to make sure i reiterate that because some women will sit up there and be like well i asked him and so yeah we still dating and i'm like okay well cool that's good that means he passed all the tests well not really so what was the purpose of taking the test then if you're not gonna um do anything about it the person says they're not saying but the person says they don't want to get married. If the person says they don't want kids and you know you want kids. If the person said, hey, I just got out of a relationship. I got five kids with my ex and, you know, um, or I got five kids scattered all about about this earth with the youngest one being uh, three months old. These are, these are red flags. These are red flags. Um, This indicates that this is a person that you, you know, you don't necessarily want to entertain. Now, I'm not going to say throw the baby out with the bath, bath water. I'm not going to say 100% somebody just had a baby that you tossed them out. But I will say in 90% of the cases, yes, that is a person that um, needs healing. That is a person that needs deliverance. That is a person that is not necessarily ready for a relationship. And we got to stop thinking that we can change people like that. We got to stop thinking that, oh, you know, he just had a bad situation. And, and I'm going to say it out loud. You got to stop blaming the baby mamas. Because that's what happens when you want a man is that you allow yourself to get so caught up in him that you begin to blame the baby's mother because he comes and he sells you this lie about the baby mama cheating or the baby mama not trusting him or something like that he comes and sells you this lie and if she doesn't trust him there's a huge probability that you know what she's giving her a reason not to trust him and so you got to stop just uh, grabbing hold of everything and trying to hold on to every guy that comes into your life just because he's cute just because he has potential just because you feel like um, you're tired of waiting on God to send you somebody. Take your time and let God do what he is going to do. So again, you want to make sure that you test the spirit. You do that by the word of God. You know, seeing if, if God, will God approve him? Would you approve him for your daughter? You know, you got to ask yourself those type of questions. Would God approve him? Would I approve him for my daughter? If I had kids or if you have kids, would I approve him? For my daughter, if she was old enough, would I approve somebody like this uh, for my daughter? Do I want this person around my son? Would I want my son to uh, be influenced by this person? You have to ask yourself all the right questions. Again, make sure that the person is saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit. The next thing you want to begin to look for is whether or not they're entertaining somebody already. That is so important. That is so, so very important. Because it's common nowadays to come across like one of the things that has been trending nowadays. I see one of the tricks that a lot of the millennials and um, Gen Z are doing to their the guys are doing to females. And it surprises me. I'm not going to lie to you. It surprises me that the women fall for it. Is that they are friend zoning girls. They're friend zoning women. I mean, granted, women have been doing that for years. But women do that with guys that they don't like. And I'm learning that the guys are starting to do that now. And women don't understand that, hey... Chances are he don't like you. Chances are he, he, he he's entertained by you. He may even find you attractive. Nevertheless, he doesn't want to um, get into a relationship with you. Or in the majority of cases, I don't think it's a case where the guy doesn't like the female. I think the majority of cases is a situation where he's entertaining multiple women. And he doesn't want to put a girlfriend tag on anybody. Because if you catch him out, if you come out. And you find him talking to the next female. He doesn't want to have to explain himself. He doesn't want to sit there and say, um, oh, yeah. You know, he don't want to get caught cheating. He wants to be able to say, well, first and foremost, like I told you, you and I, we're just friends. And um, she's my friend as well. So he want to be able to have 
multiple women that he's flirting with, he's going on dates with, and uh, people are hiding behind this, oh, we got to get to know people better, or what have you, before we commit to a relationship. And while I can agree uh, to that, I can never agree to a guy entertaining multiple women at one time. Because at the end of the day, if we are friends, I am free one to date other people. So you got when I say that, a lot of women say, "Well, I, that's what we're talking about. That's what we do." We, well, I'm, the guy told me I'm free to date other people. Come on now, that guy said that he does not mean that. And I, I, it's it, to me, it's sad that I have to explain that to this generation. He does not mean that. He wants his. He wants to be free to date other people. Women know that whenever you're entertaining a person like that, that hey, because the woman goes into competition mode. She goes into, okay, I got to win mode. Women know that just, women know off the bat that the guy's not interested. I mean, the guy is not wanting them to date anybody else, to date anybody else even if he says, hey, go out and date somebody else. Um, when he does that, he's just trying to get you to understand that he's going to date other people, even though he doesn't expect you to date other people. And in a particular case like that, what usually happens the woman is not going to date anybody else. Point, period, point blank. I don't care what she says. The majority of cases, she's not going to date nobody else. Um, because she's too busy trying to win. She doesn't want to sabotage that relationship. And more than anything, she doesn't want to be gaslit. Because whenever you're dealing with a guy like that, nine times out of ten, he has some narcissistic ways. Um, but she doesn't want to be gaslit. Because she knows, deep down in her heart, the minute she starts dating somebody else, and she expresses it to him, or he finds out about it, he's going to say, Oh man, I was really feeling you. I was thinking about making this serious between me and you. But man, seeing that you got somebody else, and then you know, if she come back and say, Well, no, 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 um, me and him, we're not serious, we're just friends, and he'd be like, Well, nah, you know, the thing for me is you couldn't even wait for me. You couldn't even wait. You could even, you know, give give us a shot first or what have you. And so women are afraid of being gaslit in that situation, even though he's entertaining multiple women. Um, women are afraid of being gaslit in situations like that. So a woman will go ahead and entertain somebody like that and she will entertain him while not seeing or dating anybody else. Now let me go ahead and deal with the arg the argument of the folks that'll say, Well, I don't care. I'll just date somebody else and he'll he'll have to get over it. One, that's not truthful. Um, and the woman is just saying that because if you catch her, she's gonna sit back and say, You say, Well, whatever happened, you dating somebody else. Well, I haven't met nobody. I'm not saying I'm going to go out and give my number to everybody. No, she's not being truthful. And in a case where she is uh, being truthful, where she does give her number to another person or what have you, what's the point of the relationship or getting to know somebody if you're not going to give each other a fair chance? You know, it's very similar to um, marriage. I've been in a marriage. I've been in two marriages where I had to, where I went through, you know, adulterous affairs and stuff like that. And one thing about adultery is it it gives one person the upper hand and it gives the other person the lower hand because human beings they're not able to really it's not human nature to be able to you know to, to have two relationships it's just really not human nature uh men gonna always have one in their favor you look at the story of jacob and uh leah and rachel jacob leah and rachel um it, it he couldn't have two women that i mean obviously he was always interested in Rachel but if you look throughout the Bible you see that same narrative whereas the man had multiple wives he typically had a favorite he typically had a queen and the rest were just wives or concubines he typically had that one woman who had his heart 
And um, when I was married to this guy, he was from Africa. When I was married to him, that was one thing he told me about polygamy in Africa. He said it was dying. Or at least in his country. He said it was dying. He said because there are people that are coming to understand that it's nearly impossible to have multiple wives because you can't satisfy them all. And he explained to me what was happening commonly why a lot of people from his generation um, had chosen because where he was from, whenever you went to get a marriage license, you getting ready to get married to somebody, you had to sign a document at the courthouse uh, stating whether or not you were going to have a polygamous marriage or you were going to have a monogamous marriage. You had and you couldn't just get up and change that. You had to sign a document um, so your your spouse knew, you know, whether you wanted polygamy or adult, you know, polygamy or a monogamous relationship. And he said what was happening with a lot of those relationships where you had guys that had signed for um, polygamous relationships, obviously, a woman has to know off the bat what she's getting into so a guy couldn't just, you know, spring that up on you. But he told me that what was happening was a lot of, the, a lot of those uh, relationships were ending because the guy would always have one female that was his favorite. That would be his boo thing. That would be the woman... Uh, that he, you know, he placed over the other women. And he would spend more time with her. He would have more children with her. Uh, what have you. And of course, it caused the other women to not only experience jealousy, but it also caused them to uh, start dealing mainly with rejection or majorly with rejection. Um, it caused a lot of competition in the homes, obviously, uh, with the women. Um, the women weren't following their duties because in their culture, what a woman would do is if a woman, if a guy sat back and he said, well, hey, I want to have multiple wives. It, it, no, if a guy had multiple wives and they all had kids, they considered, or they were supposed to consider all the kids their own. So if I was with a polygamous man and he had children uh, with his wife, he had multiple children, if he had children with me and children with another woman, then I would have to consider her children as my own and vice versa. But he told me it wasn't working out that way because obviously a mother's going to have, you know, favor her own children. It brought a lot of division. And he said also because they would typically put the women in. Um, they would, the, All the women wouldn't sleep in the bed. Because America, we have this little perverted, <laughs> twisted, uh, orgy view of those type of rela relationships. And it doesn't look like that. Typically, the man has a room of his own. He sleeps in his own bed. And he would um, have his wives in different like houses on the back. They would have these little huts and stuff like that at the back. Or he, they could probably have a house, a room in the in the house with him, but he, they wouldn't necessarily be in his room. And what he would do was he would go into the room of the female that he wanted to be with that night. You know, whoever he wanted to sleep with, that's the room he would go to. And he said that, or he'd go to the hut of the woman. You know, and the huts would be lined up next to each other. But he would go to the hut of the woman that he wanted to be with that particular night. And he was saying that, you know, the man would oftentimes be known to be like, he would frequent one hut. Like, he'd be that, she'd be the main woman and she would know it. Like, she would talk, like she was boss, she would try to boss the other women around or what have you. But he would spend most of his time in her hut. And he said, you know, a lot of, in a lot of cases, he would go months, if not years, of not really engaging uh, one of his wives or multiple of his wives sexually. Consequently, what a lot of those women were doing was they started sleeping with the neighbors. He said, so, they, you know, of course, he talked about there was a time where 
DNA was not so readily available and most people were too poor to get it uh, whenever it did start coming available and stuff like that. And he said, and people are still finding out nowadays that a lot of those kids didn't belong to the husband. They're finding out because obviously if the woman has been uh, messing around with another guy and she discovered that she was pregnant, um, typically, and she knows that that's not her husband because her husband hasn't touched her in months or years, Typically, she would go and seduce her husband. She would insist. She would just demand, I need to see you on tonight. You need to come up in here. I, I really need to see you. Or uh, what have you. She would demand it or what have you. And then she'd get with him, sleep with him. Or uh, what have you. And, you know, then she would claim that he was the father of her child. So that was something that was commonly happening. It was bringing more problems, he said, than it was solving. So a lot of people, a lot of young people from where he's from um, have been moving away from polygamous relationships not even sure why i was telling that story but you want to make sure um i can say this you want to make sure he's not entertaining anybody um you want to make sure he's not telling some female that she's his friend you know you're my friend you're my bestie you're my this and you're my that and he comes along and he says the same thing to you because typically what he's doing is he's trying to entertain multiple women now I'm not against men. I'm not against having a relationship or friendship with a guy. You know, like if if I'm interested in him and he's interested in me, you can't date me and be my friend, Point period, point blank. As a friend, we're going to talk on the phone. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in having a guy call me his friend uh, while entertaining other females. If he is making it clear or he has made it clear that he's romantically interested in me, he wants to get to know me. Then he has to do that exclusively. He has to do that exclusively. Now, that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a female friend or what have you somewhere. But if this girl is dating somebody and he's not flirting with her, that, that could probably be... I mean, because sometimes people have friendships that they've had for multiple years and they never they never expressed interest in each other or something like that. It, possible. I'm not going to say that I, I would be favorable. I would favor that situation i'm not going to even say 1000 percent that i would be okay with that situation but i will say that um i will say that i would not entertain a guy who's telling multiple women that they are his friend and he's dating every last one of them and then he's trying to add me to the lineup i wouldn't entertain somebody like that because that person um isn't necessarily looking for a wife that person is just looking to have a little bit of fun and they want to have multiple one he want he wants to have multiple women and then he hides behind the fact that hey I told you we were friends what do you why'd you get serious um old friend of mine I remember a guy did that to her and I tried to warn her this is the one I talked about the friendship ended um but I tried to warn her about you know um what she was telling me this guy was doing and I was like oh girl please that guy's not interested or oh, what have you she didn't want to listen that's what he did he told her um, he didn't want to be in a relationship just yet. He just wanted them to be friends. He wasn't looking for a relationship and all of that. And she didn't want to hear that. She just believed that he was the one. And that he would come around and he would see that at some point. And she just needed to stick it out. And even at the expense of throwing away a bunch of relationships. Um, of anybody that was trying to tell her. You know, and obviously she's asking questions and we giving her answers. Uh, but she felt like she needed to throw away every relationship whenever a person told her the truth, a truth that she wasn't necessarily willing to hear. She wanted to hear everybody say, hey, yeah, it can work out. Just keep trying. Don't worry. You'll get rid of the other females. You know, you just got to prove yourself. And telling her, no, 
Um, and particular, in a case like that, he's genuinely not uh, interested in you. And then two, even if he could have been interested in you, the fact that you're willing to accept that is going to uh, actually show him that you have low self-esteem, which will also begin to lower his interest in you. If you go talk to any man who's married, you will never find a married man who had a situation like that. You will not find it. Um, and this, just to say, even though he was the wrong man, just to show you that how guys can be when I was married, my ex had multiple friends before I married him. Uh, well, before I married him, not when I was married. When I started dating my ex, he had multiple friends. I didn't know about him. I didn't know about him. I didn't find out about them until later on. I had this uh, sister-in-law, sister-in-law of sorts. I don't want to say she was official because she never married the brother. She had a childless brother. But she used to be, you know, she used to be real honest with me. Her and my ex didn't get along. But she used to tell me, you know, she would tell me stuff and he wouldn't know it away. But uh, she, I remember she told me one time that she said she knew he was serious about me. She said she knew he was serious about me. She knew that he was going to be with me when, what did this girl say? Sorry, I'm trying to find something. Doing my makeup. She said she knew he was serious about me when, um, not long after he met me, he came home. Um, because he was staying at his mother's house and she was over there all the time. But she said he came home and he said, uh, to her and he said to everybody in the house, he said, if he named these other females that have been calling him again, I didn't know anything about them. But he said, if they call, tell them, tell them to stop calling, tell them he's in a relationship with somebody. He said, tell them to stop calling. Now, he had friends on all these women. He had friends on all these women. She told me about some some lady, uh, some young lady in a Jeep that used to come visit him. Was driving 45 minutes uh, to come and see him. And she was talking about how the girl was smitten with him. The girl would show up and, you know, she was giving him money and she was doing all this stuff for him. And uh, what have you. And she said she knew she was going to be hurt. She knew she was going to be disappointed. But he always told her that she was just a friend. And, you know, he wasn't ready. And he, he used the fact now. I got with him wrong, um, just to put that out there, I was young, but he used the fact that he was going through a divorce, which he was. When I met him, he was going through a divorce, and I justified the relationship, because I was like, well, it's not like I took him from her. Um, they're already going through a divorce, he moved back in with his mom, divorce papers are signed, the whole nine. So that's what I felt like, I felt like it's not like I took him from him, which was wrong, which was uh, wrong in so many ways, because at the end of the day, he was still married. <laughs> Nevertheless, what my point is this, he was entertaining other people. He was entertaining somebody else when he met me. When he met me, he realized, hey, this ain't that type of girl. Like, this is not the type of girl that I get to play games with. This is not the type of girl that I can say to her, hey, well, you know, I do have friends, so let's just be friends. This is not that type of girl. You got to understand, men do know those types. And he knew this is not that type of girl. This is somebody that I want to take seriously. This is somebody that I want to pursue a, you know, a, a marriage with. And that's what he did. He pursued a marriage with me, and he ended up marrying me. Like I said, I'm not saying he was the right one. I'm saying this is a, a man thing. If you want to know anything about guys, is that whenever a guy comes in contact with, with a woman, in most cases, he's going to try to measure uh, what, you know, he measures her by her self-worth or her self-esteem. And my self-esteem, I was a little cocky something. 
You know, um, he knew that I wasn't that type of female. And not only that, I don't even think he would have did that with me anyhow because he was genuinely interested in me as a person. So he wouldn't. He did that with his other female. And from what I hear, she was relatively decent looking. So you gotta get, you know, women. You gotta get. You gotta get past this thing. Okay, I'm pretty. I'm sexy. I got a nice body or what have you. Um, you gotta get past this this belief that 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 that, that automatically qualifies you. This friend of mine that I talked about, she's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. You would think that a guy would, you know, go ahead and lock uh, her in. Oh, have you would think that just seeing her, you would just think that a guy would go ahead and lock her in. But men don't do that. <laughs> and it has to be understood. Men don't walk around jumping in relationships with women just because they're gorgeous. And a lot of times women deal with this entitlement thing where they start feeling like, well, I'm pretty. Um, so that automatically means that I'm going to have favor or I'm going to win out. You know, if he entertaining other females, I'm going to win out. So make sure he's not entertaining somebody else. If he is entertaining somebody else, return the sender. Don't get in her way. You know, I always believe in um, letting people have a fair chance. Because like I said, adulterous relationships, whenever adultery enters the picture. Because now, this particular guy, we're no longer together because he was an adulterer. Right? He was the type of person that he got in the beginning of a relationship. This is what I learned about him. In the beginning, he's a pursuer. I'm talking about he puts his heart, his soul, his mind, everything. And he he will let go of every female to pursue uh, somebody he considers to be the one. But for the most part, he doesn't know how to be faithful. Because that was a generational issue of his. That was something that was in his family. The guys didn't know how to be faithful. So, one of the things I've learned is... Excuse me, these allergies. Uh, but... What I learned is you don't entertain those type of guys because they don't know what they want. They don't know what they want. So, the next thing, um, how do you know if he's the one? You Again, make sure he's pursuing you. And you, his pursuit of you has to be notable. It has to be notable. It, com it, it surprises me that a lot of women think that, or they'll sit back and say, well, I haven't heard from him in three days. Um, I haven't heard from him in three days. He hasn't called. But yeah, we dating. And I'm like, sis, is he in the military? He, is he overseas? Or oh, what have you? No, but... Okay, he's not interested. He's not interested. That was a man that came on... He's a doctor or something. But um, came on Oprah Winfrey's show one time. And I didn't watch it in this entirety, but I remember it became a trending term of his. He's not that into you. And to me, it's sad that women have to hear that. It's sad that women are so desperate these days that somebody, another man, has to come out and do a whole book and a whole segment to help them to understand that, hey, sis, this guy is really not into, into you like that. Because you have women walking around here thinking, Oh, I can make him into me. Oh, he, you know, he told me he was busy. I understand, you know, he be working late nights and stuff. When he get up, he be tired and, and you know, he go to bed when he get home from work. Um, and he be sleeping all day. By the time he get back up, he said he just had time to run errands and go to work. No, baby, he's not interested in you. It, it's as simple as that. Because at the end of the day, when a guy is genuinely interested in you, you will know it. I have never in my life had a guy pursue me and I didn't know he was interested in me. I've never seen that in any corner or every, any season of my life. Every man who has ever come after me has always pursued. I've only had one case 
uh, where a guy didn't pursue me. This was back in the years. And I only remembered that recently because I didn't even entertain the guy. We didn't entertain each other. We exchanged phone numbers. We talked on the phone once or twice. And that was it. When I saw he wasn't pursuing me, I didn't, I didn't cry about it. I didn't whine about it. And I didn't pursue him. I let it go. I stopped calling him. Um, I, I hate to say this. Your pursuit. I don't hate to say it. Your pursuit of a guy should never exceed his pursuit of you. Your pursuit of a guy, because the Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. Your pursuit of a guy should never exceed his pursuit of you. If he's not pursuing you, he's not interested in you. And if he's not interested in you like that, maybe he's interested in your body. Maybe he's interested in spending time with you or showing you off to his friends. You may be just another notch for his belt. But if he's not interested in you, then you don't want to give him your interest as well. You got we got to stop being desperate out here in these streets um, and just learn how to, you know, wait it out. Another thing. And I want to say this the last one because I got to get I got to jump in the shower so I can get ready to go to church. And I like they have to do a part three. Another thing you want to do is start looking at his relationships. What's his relationship with his mother like? What's his relationship like with his siblings? What's his relationship like with women? You know. Um, look for generalization, you know, uh, statements of generalization. Um, I, I've learned abusive guys typically use generally generalizing statements. Y'all women. That's how y'all women be. Now, you know, every man will say that every now, now and again. They say y'all women and he'll say it jokingly. You know, he may say it jokingly. But a lot of times when you're dealing with uh, somebody who is an abuser, he will make that statement whenever you disappoint disappoint him or something negative comes on the television about women or what have you. He'll make that statement. He'll say, that's, see, that's how y'all women be. Y'all say y'all want a good man, but when y'all get one, when somebody goes to talking like that, that person is typically abusive. Um, He's had some bad experiences that he hasn't healed, healed from. And believe it or not, you're not going to help deliver him from those issues. I've been there before, done that, and I can tell you, I know the lie that the enemy will tell you, the enemy will try to convince you that, oh, um, you're going to just come in and you're going to love on him and you're going to show him because, you know, he had a bad mama. He had bad experiences with women. You're going to come in and you're going to show him something differently. You can do all that. But at the end of the day, that's not going to change him. I'm going to be honest with you. That's not going to make him. Um, that's not going to make him see the light of day. He's not going to come and get a mic one day and say, you saved me. Because I know that's the fantasy most women have. You saved me. I didn't. I, I, I was just. I was out here lost in these streets. And oh, what have you. And you saved me. No, that's not how that works. Uh, typically what's going to happen is. Um, you're going to find yourself in an abusive relationship. So you want to pay attention to his view of women. And his relationships with women. If he has children's mothers. Get him to talk about them. Ask him. Say what happened. See if he takes any type of accountability. Now don't get swept up. If he does take accountability, if he say, man, I effed up, I messed up, or what have you, don't think that, don't take that in. And another thing, uh, if he curses, that's a bad sign. If he curses, that's a sign um, that you don't want to entertain him. But again, check his relationships, take the temp temperature of his relationships. Um, ask him how long has he been dating this particular girl? You know, find out, say, tell me about the last three relationships you were in. How long did they last? And this, this is how you, you're able to see a pattern. This is how you're able to see a pattern. So you want to look at it and say, okay, he says, um, I'll give you this and I got it. Okay. Milo. Okay.
All right, I gotta go, guys.